حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن شعبة قال حدثني أبو جمرة عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال كان صلاة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ثلاث عشرة ركعة يعني بالليل ابن عباس reported that the prayer of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the night would be 13 ركعات so in this hadith we see 13 حدثنا إسحاق قال حدثنا عبيد الله قال أخبرنا إسرائيل عن أبي حصين عن يحيى بن وثاب عن مسروق قال سألت عائشة رضي الله عنها عن صلاة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بالليل So مسروق he said that I asked Aisha رضي الله عنها about the prayer of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the night فقالت So she said سبع وتسع وإحدى عشرة سوى ركعتي الفجر she said it was seven, nine, or eleven rak'at, not counting the two rak'at of fajr. So sometimes he would pray seven, sometimes nine, sometimes eleven. حدثنا عبيد الله بن موسى قال أخبرنا حنظلة عن القاسم بن محمد عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي من الليل she said that the Prophet would pray in the night thirteen rak'at minha al-witru of them would be the witr also which is of course the last one وَرَقْعَةَ الْفَجْرِ and the two rak'at of fajr so basically she discounted the two rak'at before fajr the, the sunnah of the fajr in this night prayer together alright so we see over here different numbers alright and we see the last hadith of Qasim where it is mentioned that 13 rak'at, so if you take 2 out of the sunnah of fajr, how many do you have? 11. And if you take 3 for witr, how many do you have? 8. And this was, 8 was the usual practice of the Prophet ﷺ. Usual practice. 8, meaning with 4 taslim, 8 rak'at, this was his usual practice. But did he pray sometimes less than that? Yes. Did he sometimes pray more than that? Possible. But this was his usual practice. Alright? But we also learned that the Prophet ﷺ's qiyam was much longer compared to the qiyam that average people stand in. So of course in that situation eight would be eight would be perfect. Alright? But you see places where twenty rakat are performed, for instance. Like for example in Masjidul Haram in Ramadan, how many rakat is it? 20. Why? Because the qiyam is shorter. Isn't it? And for the ease and convenience of people, if qiyam is done shorter, alright, is there any harm in that? Absolutely not. And when the man asked the Prophet ﷺ about how the night prayer is to be performed, the Prophet ﷺ did not specify any number. Some people have more capacity, some people have less capacity. Sometimes the nights are long, sometimes they're short. Sometimes people are traveling, sometimes people are at home. Right? So this is why the number is not fixed, but the method has been specified. Bab qiyam al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bil-layl The qiyam of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the night وَنَامِهِ and his sleep Meaning, when did he wake up? When did he sleep? How much did he stand in prayer? وَمَا نُسِخَ مِنْ قِيَامِ اللَّيْلِ This is a very important subject. And what has been abrogated about or concerning the night prayer. 
abrogated. What is abrogation? What is naskh? What is naskh? Naskh? Yes. So there is a command that was given, and then later on, another command was given in its place. Alright? In its place. And there's different forms of naskh, different types of naskh. Alright? But what we see is that when the Qur'an was being revealed, alright, and the Qur'an was revealed over a period of how many years? 23 years, when the law was being given to the Prophet ﷺ, certain laws were given in stages. Alright? Stages. How? Like for example, the prohibition of alcohol. How was it given? Just at once, it's haram? No. If at once people were told this is haram, what would happen? Nobody would be able to comply. Correct? So it was given in stages. People asked the Prophet ﷺ about Al-Khamri wal-Maysid and it is said that this was Umar anhu who asked him that is it okay, how is it okay, like because the fitra rejects it, right? So he asked him about it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ Tell them that there is good in it and evil in it but the evil is greater than the good. The harm is greater than the benefit. Right? So, and it was left right there. No more. And then later another command that in the state of intoxication do not go near prayer even. So what does that mean? That around prayer times a person could not drink. Right? So it was made clear that drinking and salah are two separate things. And for a person who praises salah, then drinking cannot have any place in their life. Right? And then finally, a clear prohibition was revealed and it was mentioned, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ Are you going to stop already? So what happened? People completely stopped drinking alcohol. So you see how the command was given in stages. That at the beginning, it was easy and then gradually, the difficulty was increased. Now we see the exact opposite also. That at the beginning, the command that was given was difficult. And then later it was lightened. It was made easy. Because there are some things which you need to do gradually. And there are other things which you have to start, you know, cold turkey. You have to go cold turkey. You, you can't take it gradually. Right? Like for example, if there is a band-aid on your skin and it needs to be removed. And you say, no, no, take it off slowly, slowly. What's going to happen? If you take it off slowly, slowly, is it going to hurt more? Of course. But if you take it off like in one go, what's going to happen? It's going to hurt, but it's going to be much quicker. Right? So, we have to understand that there isn't just one way of bringing change in our lives. You don't just take everything slowly, slowly. There are some things that you start slowly, and there are other things which you have to start quickly. Right? You have to go right in, and then gradually you decrease. And that's perfectly fine. Now we see here for tahajjud prayer, how was it? At the beginning, Aisha radiallahu anha, she reported that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that indeed Allah the Exalted iftarada qiyam al-layli fi awwali hadihi surah in the beginning of the surah meaning surah al-muzammil Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the night prayer obligatory everybody had to do it every day no matter what 
And what happened? So the Prophet ﷺ, he would perform the night prayer. This hadith is not in your book, but this is a hadith from Muslim. I'm mentioning this hadith over here so that you can understand this bab. Okay? So you can write it if you want. Or at least write the summary of it. A hadith in Muslim, Aisha anha reported that Allah made the night prayer obligatory at first. How, where, where is the obligation mentioned? At the beginning of Suratul Muzzammil. Alright, Ya أَيُّهَا الْمُزَّمِّلْ قُمِ اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا As we see over here, وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى And his statement, the exalted, that Ya أَيُّهَا الْمُزَّمِّلْ O مُزَّمِّلْ قُمِ اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Stand in the night except for a little. Meaning most of the night you should be standing in prayer. How much? نِصْفَهُ أَوْ انْقُسْ مِنْهُ قَلِيلًا Half of the night or reduce only a little bit from it. أَوْ زِدْ عَلَيْهِ or increase. Add to the half of the night, do more than half of the night. وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا And recite the Qur'an with tartil. So, this is a clear command. There is no option here. Alright? So, Aisha radiallahu anha said that the Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they would all perform the night prayer. And this carried on for an entire year. And after one year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the second or the last part of the surah. Alright, the last part of the surah, Suratul Muzzammil, in which we learn, the verse is in the book, Alima Allan Tuhsuhu Fataba Alaikum. Fakra'u Matayasar min al Quran. So here what happened? The last verse of the surah abrogated abrogated the initial command. What was the initial command? You must pray. You have no choice. This was later abrogated by pray as much as you can. And this was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special favor upon the ummah. Alright? But we see that for that entire year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that for that year, what was happening? The Prophet ﷺ was praying and some of his companions were also praying. Alright, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testifies to that. So let's look at this bab now. Bab Qiyam al Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bilayli wa naumihi wa manusiha min qiyam al layl. What has been abrogated of the night prayer. Wa qawlihi ta'ala and his statement. Ya ayyuhal muzzammil. O muzzammil and muzzammil is one who is. One who is wrapped up. Qumil layla illa qalila. Stand in the night meaning in prayer. Except for a little bit of the night, yes, you may sleep in that. نِصْفَهُ أَوِنْ قُسْمِنْهُ قَلِيلًا أَوْ زِدْ عَلَيْهِ وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا So from here we see, from up to a third of the night to two-thirds of the night, the Prophet ﷺ was commanded to pray. إِنَّا سَنُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا What is the reason behind the night prayer? Why was the Prophet ﷺ commanded to perform the night prayer? Allah says that indeed we are going to give you a heavy statement. What is this heavy statement? It's the Qur'an. When you have to carry something heavy, do you need physical strength for that? Yeah? Where is that physical strength going to come? Sleeping all night long and all day long? Does strength come from sleep? No. Strength comes from what? Working out. The more you work your body, the more you train your body, the more strength and resilience you build. Isn't it? Now it's interesting. The Qur'an is for the heart. Isn't it? 
But the Prophet ﷺ is told, stand in prayer in the night because you have a very heavy responsibility. Something very heavy is being given to you. So what does this mean? That in order to be spiritually strong, we need to build physical strength also. Because the spirit and the body are connected. Right? We learned about Dawood ﷺ, he would fast one day and not fast the other day. He would sleep, get up and pray, sleep again. You see how the body and the soul both are being attended to. Because they're both interconnected, right? They're both interconnected. If we are physically weak, it's going to affect our ibadah also. Right? So physical strength is necessary. And it goes side by side with spiritual strength. Now, when the Prophet ﷺ is told to sacrifice his sleep, get up and pray, hmm? prayer is what? Spiritual training and physical training. Both. Both. Because prayer is what? It requires you to stand for a long time. It requires you to bend, stretch your body. And rukur, not just for a minute or 30 seconds. Long rukur, isn't it? And when you're stretching your body, right, and then you're going into sujood, again, if you're doing sujood properly, you're bending your feet, your toes properly, and then you're sitting, again, you're bending your toes. What's happening? Is your body comfortable? It's not. Not necessarily. So many people find it hard to sit in tashahud properly. So many people find it hard to perform rukur properly. Right? So we see that prayer is both spiritual and physical training. Right? So, إِنَّا سَنُوْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا Then it is said, إِنَّ نَاشِئَةَ اللَّيْلِ هِيَ أَشَدُّ وَطْعًا وَأَقْوَمُ قِيلًا Do you have وَطْعًا or وِطَاءً? Okay, open up Surah Muzzammil then, because this is part of the Bukhari text. See, I said, وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى and the statement of Allah the Exalted. So that means Imam Bukhari has written this in his book. So, إِنَّا سَنُوْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا إِنَّ نَاشِئَةَ اللَّيْلِ هِيَ أَشَدُّ وَطْعًا وَأَقْوَى مُقِيلًا If anybody has the Bukhari book, like the actual Bukhari book, does anybody have it here? You have it? So what do you have in the text? Is it وَطْعًا or وِطَاءً? وَطْعًا? Anybody has another version? Nobody? Everybody has the same book here, yeah? What do you have? Wat'an? Okay. I have wata'an because both have been uh, reported. Both are correct. Anyway, here in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed getting up in the night, it is better for wata'an and aqwama, more correct, qilan in speech. Suratul Muzzammil, first passage. Such closeness to his book that we know it inside out. We know every page of it and we're familiar with every part of it. In the Nashi layli, getting up in the night is stronger for wat and aqwam in qilan, in speech. Later we see the statement of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. I believe you don't even have that in your book. Hmm? Okay, so you can write this down yourselves. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that nasha'a, nashi'a, the word nashi'a, nasha'a, it means qama in 
In Abyssinian language, the word nasha'a means qama. So nashi'at al-layl means getting up in the night. Alright? And then, wita'an, qala muwata'at al-Qur'ani ashaddu muwafaqatan. Ashaddu wata'an. Getting up in the night? Why is this prayer supposed to be in the night? Why is tahajjud supposed to be in the night? Why not any time during the day? Why night? What's the reason? Allah gives the reason here. That another benefit is that ashaddu wata'an, it is better for wata'an. Now what is the word Qala He said, Ibn Abbas said that muwata'at al-Qur'an, the muwata'at of Qur'an is ashaddu muwafaqatan. So it means muwafaqah. What does muwafaqah mean? Muwafaqah. To be in accordance with one another. Alright? To be in accordance with one another. Muwafaqah. Alright? Concurrence. So, basically he says here, مُوَافَقَةً لِسَمْعِهِ وَبَصَرِهِ وَقَلْبِهِ That it keeps the hearing, the vision and the heart together on the same page. The night prayer is better for focus. Because during the day what happens? There are many distractions. Isn't it? Your WhatsApp is buzzing. Your phone is buzzing every few minutes. Isn't it? But during the night, hopefully, when the people that you are in touch with, if they're sleeping or they're busy, then they're not messaging you in the night. You're not that worried about paying attention to your phone. So this is why it's easy for you to focus in the night. And he gives the proof, لِيُوَاطِئُ In the Qur'an, the word لِيُوَاطِئُ It means لِيُوَافِقُ So that they are in accordance with each other. So the night prayer is more suitable for focus, right? For focus and clearer in recitation also. إِنَّ لَكَ فِي النَّهَارِ سَبْحًا طَوِيلًا Indeed for you during the day is a long... You know, too much work. Sabh is swimming. So basically your work is never ending during the day. Isn't it? During the day, if you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to recite an entire juz during the day. What's going to happen? What's going to happen after breakfast? Okay, right before I leave. Okay, when I'm in the car. As soon as I get there. Isn't it? As soon as I leave. As soon as I get back home. As soon as I'm done with this episode. Right? It's one thing after the other after the other. So this is why the night prayer is necessary. If you want the Qur'an to be really in your heart, in your hand, a part of your life, then you have to spend time with it when? During the night. Spending time with the Qur'an in a classroom also, yes, it will bring you close to the Qur'an. But when you spend time with the Qur'an one-on-one, in the night, without any disturbance or any distraction, that is when you will make the Qur'an a part of your life. Otherwise, it will be very difficult. From the sunnah also we learned that the way to remember the Qur'an is to perform the night prayer. Otherwise, very difficult. So from these verses we see that the night prayer is apparently obligatory. 
So the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha explains to us that later Allah revealed the last part of the surah. So now go to the last verse of the surah, the long verse. The long verse of the surah. You have it? How does it begin? That inna rabbaka ya'lamu annaka taqumu adna min sulusay al-layli wa nisfahu wa thuluthahu That indeed your Lord knows that you stand in the night for prayer. This duration, a third or half or two-thirds, وَطَائِفَةٌ مِنَ الَّذِينَ مَعَكْ And a group of people who are with you, meaning the Sahaba also. وَاللَّهُ يُقَدِّرُ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارُ Allah decrees the night and the day, meaning sometimes the nights are long, sometimes they are short. So, عَلِمَ أَن لَن تُحْصُوهُ فَتَابَ عَلَيْكُمْ This is the part which abrogates. Allah knows that you will never be able to keep up with the night prayer every night. It's not going to be possible for you. So, Allah has turned in mercy on you. فَقْرَأُوا مَا تَيَسَّرَ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ So this is what shows that the night prayer is voluntary, that recite whatever is easy for you of the Qur'an. Notice it doesn't say, so leave it all together. This is what we have done, right? Right? We say, oh, it's not fard, so may Allah protect. We think if something is not fard, it means don't do it. Ever. But Allah says, فَقْرَأُوا مَا تَيَسَّرَ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ Recite whatever is easy for you. Two rakah, four rakah, eight rakah, six, how much ever is easy. عَلِمَ أَن سَيَكُونُ مِنْكُمْ مَرْضَى وَآخَرُونَ يَضْرِبُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ يَبْتَغُونَ مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ Allah knows that there will be among you people who will be sick. And so in their sickness, they will not be able to get up and pray in the night. And there will be others who are traveling. Right? Seeking the bounty of Allah, meaning making money, and in other words, working during the day, and that will make it difficult for them to wake up in the night. And there are others who will be striving in the way of Allah, fighting in the way of Allah. So then, what do you do? Leave tahajjud altogether? No. Recite whatever is possible. And Perform the prayer, give the zakah, and lend Allah a beautiful loan. وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْلٍ تَجِدُوهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ And whatever good you do for yourselves, you will find it with Allah. هُوَ خَيْرًا وَأَعْظَمَ أَجْرًا So what do we see in this verse? That even though the night prayer is abrogated, meaning its obligation has been abrogated, it is still recommended to perform the night prayer. حدثنا عبد العزيز بن عبد الله قال حدثني محمد بن جعفر عن حميد أنه سمع أنسا رضي الله عنه يقول كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يفطر من الشهر حتى نظن أن لا يصوم منه Anas radiallahu anhu reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would sometimes يفطر من الشهر يفطر meaning he would not fast من الشهر in a month حتى نظن that we would think that he will not fast in it at all. So there were times when for an entire month the Prophet ﷺ would not fast at all. So we would think, okay, maybe this month the Prophet ﷺ is not going to keep any fast. And other times he would fast so consistently in a month that we would think he's not going to leave a single day. He's going to fast every day. So you see what's happening? Sometimes for an entire month, no fast. And sometimes for an entire month, continuous fasting. وَكَانَ لَا تَشَاءُ أَن تَرَاهُ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مُصَلِّيًا إِلَّا رَأَيْتَهُ And 
if you wanted to see him doing nothing but praying all night, you could see him doing that. Meaning sometimes he would pray all night long. وَلَا نَائِمًا إِلَّا رَأَيْتَهُ And if you wanted to see him doing nothing but sleep, you could see him doing that also. Meaning sometimes all night he would sleep, he would not get up for tahajjud. So you see what's happening here? Sometimes he would pray all night long. Sometimes he would not pray in the night at all. تَبَعُهُ سُلَيْمَانُ وَأَبُوْ خَالِدٍ الْأَحْمَرُ عَنْ حُمَيْدٍ What do we see over here? That these two actions, voluntary fasting and the night prayer, are they fard? No. What are they? Voluntary deeds. So the Prophet ﷺ, how would he observe these voluntary deeds? According to his situation. If he was able to do more, he would do it. And if he was not able to do it, he would not do it. You understand? And this is how we should also observe ibadah. This is voluntary worship. When it comes to fard, we don't have a choice. Right? When it comes to the fard fasting of the month of Ramadan, do we have a choice there? No. When it comes to the five daily prayers, do we have a choice there? No. But when it comes to voluntary prayer, voluntary fasting, do we have a choice there? Yes. So according to situation, sometimes the Prophet ﷺ would do it, and sometimes he would not do it. And this is how we should do, we should perform voluntary actions. We should not make voluntary actions fard on us, nor should we abandon them completely. These are two extremes that we go to. Either we make voluntary actions fard upon ourselves, so we never leave them, even when it's very hard. Alright? And I'm talking about voluntary. Okay? Not fard, not the sunnah mu'akkada. Alright? Voluntary. Or sometimes we completely leave them. Let me give you an example. The Prophet ﷺ would sometimes go for janazah, he encouraged the people to go for janazah, heavily encouraged them. And there were times that he did not go for janazah prayers himself. You understand? Why? Because where it was feasible for him to go, he would go. And where it was not feasible for him to go, he would not go. You see, there are times in which you have certain priorities which cannot be compromised. Alright? And if you were to leave them and perform the voluntary deed, what would happen? What would happen? You can't do two things at the same time. One thing has to go. Correct? So for example, if you have your final exams, for instance, and you haven't really studied that well, you have one night left now. So in that night, you get up to study, because during the day you weren't able to, you get up to study. Now should you say, no, no, I should not be studying right now, I should be performing my tahajjud prayers. And so I'm going to perform eight rakat, each rakat one juz, and this is how I'm going to spend my night. Okay, this is a voluntary action, but if you are doing this, and your final exam is going to be compromised, you're not doing a great thing here. So if you were to leave the tahajjud prayer that night and spend that night studying for your exam, would that be okay? Yes. Or if you spent that night sleeping, would that be okay? Yes. Provided that you have studied, right? It would be okay. 
But when we make voluntary deeds mandatory in ourselves, that we say, no, no matter what, I cannot leave this, then what happens? There is an imbalance in our lives. Then we cannot get things done. Hmm? We cannot accomplish many things. Remember, there are things which are mandatory on you. Mandatory on you, meaning as a person in your life, there are things that you have uh, committed to or there are certain responsibilities on your shoulder which you must fulfill, you cannot leave them. Okay? Like for example, as a mother, as a wife, right? Or as the sole uh, breadwinner, right? You have certain responsibilities. Isn't it? Or maybe you have committed somewhere for some work, whether you are volunteering or working, you have given your word over there. Correct? So these are things that are your responsibility. You have to do them. And then there are other things which are voluntary. Allah has not imposed them on you. And you have not taken those tasks as your responsibility. So when you are in a situation where you have to choose between what is mandatory and what is voluntary. What is it that you're going to choose? What is it that you're going to choose? What is mandatory? And if you were to go for the voluntary over mandatory, are you making a wise choice? No. You're not. Right? You're not. I remember when I was teaching during the week the tafsir course, so many times it would happen because commitment was until after Zuhr, right? Sometimes until 3.30. So many times it would happen that somebody in the community had passed away and there's a janazah being held. But because I had to teach the tafsir class, I could not go. I could not go. Unless it was on a weekend or something, I could not go because I've given my commitment. I could say over there that no, going for janazah prayer is so much reward. So much reward. I want to go. But at the same time, I have a duty. I have a commitment. I've given my word. People are waiting. So can I leave what is my obligation for what is voluntary? Can I leave that? No. But what about that reward? Remember the reward for what is obligatory is greater than the reward for what is voluntary. Because in, in hadith we learn that a person draws close to Allah most how? By performing the obligatory deeds. And then he draws even closer as he performs the voluntary deeds. Alright? So we see here the Prophet ﷺ sometimes praying all night long because he could. Sometimes not praying in the night at all because he couldn't. And is that fine? That's completely fine. What is necessary is that we don't go to extremes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with wisdom. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته